You're not going to give that thing a rest, are you? are just going to keep twiddling. You As people it. know by now, we are married, and this is constant. This With the weird eyebrow facial expressions. There we go. It's like... <laughs> cross between the guy who did Sky at Night and Elton John. Sir Patrick Moore. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm taking that as a compliment. That man was accomplished on the glockenspiel. <clears throat> but all I'm saying is both of those also express overly with the eyebrow. Games master. Oh, yeah. That's really? what Patrick right. Moore is remembered for. Telling you the cheat codes for various SNES games in the 90s. I literally put that in and then nearly spelled it out. Oh, because I mentioned Games Master. <laughs> the best bit about it was, when you watch it back now, he clearly has no idea he what he's reading clue, off the auto cue. No, he's just like, what's going on here? <laughs> Who are these people? What? What's going on? Hi, everyone. Welcome to Consistently Eccentric. This is Emma. And this is the first of the mutiny editions of Consistently Eccentric. This week, I'm taking over from Joe as host. He is my co-host. He is in the hot seat. No script, no idea. So, let's start with our story. You need to get yourself loosened up. You, you look tense, darling. <laughs> really tense. I am so tense. You do. You look tense. I mean, you shouldn't be tense. I shouldn't, because it's a topic I know really well. Yeah. Whereas most of the time, I'm pulling stuff out my ass, so... <laughs> well, I might be doing a bit of that as well. I'm going to give this hosting thing a go. Yeah. Because you were desperate for a little uh, a little episode where you sit where I sit, or Matt, or Jack, and uh, get a story told to you, so... Yeah, I've, I said I've I'd told a lot of stories at this point. Mm. I feel like I don't get the love back that I deserve. 27 is that how many i've recorded live oh 27 if you include in cloud if you include the mini episodes and the exclusives so the sessions yeah yeah so it's 27, it's 27 live, live and i've live got episodes yeah at least 10 more recorded at least it? so that's like 37 God, that's a lot of me talking it's a lot of you talking so i'm gonna have a go now mm. my voice me 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 I'm, How are you feeling? I, I'm ready. I'm ready to hear a story. Are you really? I'm hoping that I can guess who it is or what it is. Right, quick. okay, well, my my aim is to get to the bottom of sheet number two because I have handwritten this because I can't type for shit. So <laughs> um, I have handwritten my script. I'm aiming to get to the bottom of page number two before no, you it, guess who it is. I think it's going to be nice, the ambient sound of rustling paper. Yeah, really I do apologise. I am clutching my paper because I am also extremely long-sighted now um, and my glasses don't work because I need to go to Specsavers. But, you know, COVID in it. It is affecting everything, including my eyesight now, which is... Uh, mm. I don't think it's directly including your eyesight. I would point out that COVID does not have the symptom of, um, you know, deteriorating no, eyesight. No, it's not, but I've not been able to get an appointment. I've tried. I've yeah. not been able to get an appointment. God, have you so tried? I have. You've, you've rung them once? Mm-mm. Twice? More than that, but it's also got to fit around childcare, hasn't it? So, mm. you know. Right, are you ready for me story? Not if you sat that far away from the microphone. I'm coming in. Bear with. God. Well, I'll, I'll be able to hear I feel like you. it's under me chin now. Yeah, I'll be able to hear your story, but nobody else will. 
Right, how's that? Well, if you if your pop shield's touching the no, microphone... No, it's not touching it. It's not touching... It's not touching it. Right. Okay. Right. Blooming heck. Are you ready for my story? As ready as I can be. Are you Are you ready? Your crazy eyes say I have to be ready. <laughs> yes, you do. Okay. Right, okay. So our story today starts in Canterbury. Ooh. Now, I don't know where Canterbury is because... Southeast, I don't. darling. Okay, southeast. Excellent. You know. Yeah. Okay, so Mary Caldwell was born on the 28th of January... 1874. 1874. So we're in, in... Canterbury. Okay, so we're in the Victorian era. We are. She's the youngest child of Samuel and Sarah Coldwell. Well, she will be. So, you know, yeah. so far, so good. Got me got me facts out. And we know she's good. legitimate. She's legit. She's, yeah, it's all good. good. Now, there is very little to none, because I couldn't find any anything written about her early childhood so we're going to have to skip no i think that's a good thing a decade well i think i think it, it gives you the impression that she's got a good yeah i mean home life there there's nothing to be said there's nothing remarkably so, good so long or bad. so long it's as just, you, know, you get to decent. adulthood i mean I, I like to think that if somebody ever wrote about me there wouldn't be a lot to say about my childhood and that's because it was just a good childhood just, yeah yeah, it's as soon as you go, when they were four, you're like, oh God, what happened <laughs> yeah, when they were I know, four? I know, like, oh my God. Well, so we're going to jump a decade now. So Mary is 10, and this is where it all kicks off, the story. Wait, wait, wait a minute, when you said she had an uneventful childhood, no, 10 early, is No, not... early, I said early childhood, oh, okay. there's nothing up to 10. And remember, this is this is like Victorian era, so I imagine they're almost adults by the age of, the t- by the age of 10. Well, she, yeah, she could possibly be working. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I don't think there was... I mean, it's not the cotton mills of the north, so she's okay. No. So, in 1884... All right. Mary started her professional career. So, she was 10 when she started she working. She was 10. Fantastic. She was 10. No. She is an exceptionally talented woman. At the age of 10, she started drawing lessons at the Simon Langton School for Girls. <laughs> the Simon Langton the School? The Simon Langton, I have said that right, School for Girls, and she was there for five years. Mm-hmm. So in 1889, she finished and she started studying somewhere else. Now... Oh, it, wait, 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 wait. Yes. Is there any other famous alumnists of the Simon Langton School for Girls, do we know? Because I've never find... heard of it before. No, exactly. I don't know, and I don't even know if it's still there, because I didn't check. Okay, fair but enough. But I probably should have done. So apologies if it is. If it's not, eh, it was a thing. You could have made something up. Also produced Bonnie Langford. <laughs> Langton, not Langford. Okay. Okay, now then. So in 1889, she left, and she went to study art. Right, so are we going to a royal college of something? Or? No, she went to study under Thomas Sidney Cooper, renowned landscape painter, noted for his images of cattle and farmyard animals. But could he draw a horse? Oh, yes. Or was this, he good this, at the horse? This man is the shit. Okay, okay. Could you okay. So, now we're going wait, to... Wait, wait, wait. Another question. Yes, go on. brings to mind. When you say she went to study under him... Was this? Yes. Was he teaching her to school, or did she get personal lessons from? You um, will find out. You're jumping the gun, Joe. Well, this you, is a fact. I'm dangling, and then I'm going to fill in the gaps. You, you're expecting gap fillers before I've given you the full I'm story here. Questions. Okay, so in 1889, 
she went and studied under Thomas Sidney Cooper, yep. renowned landscape painter. And barrel maker. Let me yeah. introduce you to Thomas Sidney Cooper. Okay. Born September 26, 1803 in Canterbury. Oh, right. So he's another local boy. He is indeed. Mm. Okay. Even as a small child, he showed strong artistic talents. When he smeared his poo on the wall, it <laughs> I know, right? I mean, like, uh, is that his parents just giving him props for, you know, I, I don't know, flinging well, yogurt or something? I often, I don't know. I often wonder if, you know, it's sort of like retroactively they go, oh, yes, he was talented as a child. Mm. Well, unfortunately, he was not born of means, so he wasn't able to receive any formal training. Okay, yeah. He, that didn't. That, sorry, I'm banging the table there. That didn't keep him down. Well, evidently not. And I mean, keeping his passion alive was important to him above anything else. So at the age of 12... Well, he's a late bloomer. I mean, he is. Like. I mean, compared to Mary, he's a late bloomer. Mm-hmm. Um, at the age of 12, he worked in a coach painter shop, alternating the coach painting job with his work as a scene painter. A scene painter. Now, can Ooh. you can you tell me what a scene painter is? Please? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume that a scene painter is a person who works in the theatre. It and is paints indeed. The background. Yes, he paints the background. So he was a, he was a very early set designer. He was an early set designer and a coach painter. You know those really fancy kind of like mega thin well, lines. Well, I know. Yes, because the, the Rolls Royce ones are still hand painted. Absolutely. A... So that was his job at the age of twelve. Well, little hands. You're going to get. There you go. Mm. And he did that for eight years. Just the one line. <laughs> Just one line. One but line in a so tight swirl for eight years. No, so obviously he alternated his job for eight years. At just 20, he took a massive step, a huge plunge. He, he walked into the sea? He took a drawing job for the British Museum. Ooh. I mean... He went for it. He he full on went for it. His work is still there. So what what year? When was he born? He was born in 1803. So this is 1823. So 1823, he's drawing yeah. for the British Museum. Yes, he did. Yes. Fantastic. Every spare moment was taken up with paintings from nature. So, so was yeah. this for the Natural History Museum? It didn't specify, but I assume his paintings are probably there now, and mm. his drawings. I think they're anatomical i think they're botanical i don't know i mean maybe because i haven't looked this up there's a possibility you know in the cases where they paint the backgrounds because he was a scene painter oh, i yeah, wondered the, whether he dioramas made, and things yeah mm. for the dioramas whether he filled the backgrounds in oh well it's a thought but his work is still there that's the only bit i could find if out if there's anything i've learned about these times it was if you were hired to do one job in a place you'd end up doing every other job you were capable of doing. Exactly. So I imagine as soon as he found out he also was a scene painter, they go, oh, well, we've got a few dioramas that yeah, look a bit pokey. Yeah, we've got this bit of board. We've got this, this bit of wooden board. Would you mind slapping a picture of the Sienna? Sienna? Savannah? The Savannah, that's what... <laughs> the Savannah on it. Mm. And uh, we'll put it behind this stuffed lion that we've killed and it'll be grand. <laughs> that we've killed. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, his efforts did pay off. His efforts for the British Museum did pay off and he was admitted as a student of the Royal Academy. Ah, I was, was wondering when we were going to get good. to the Royal oh, Academy. Oh, yes, we're in the Royal Academy now. So is it still he submitted something and they accepted no, it? No, they saw how good he was and he took. they took him. All right, so he didn't... That's, ha- he didn't apply. No. 
the Royal Academy came for him. The Royal Academy came for him. That's how good he is. That's <sighs> Now I imagine them sort of putting a bag over his head in the British Museum and dragging him away. <laughs> <laughs> and then they whip it off and he's there in the so, gallery. Ta-da! <laughs> See? <laughs> it wasn't anything bad, I promise. Okay, so I've lost my place now. Bear with... Oh, there we go. Academy. He then, after being a student of the Royal Academy for an unknown number of years because I couldn't find that out either. He retur- You could probably buy a book on this, do to you be ever, honest. Do you ever stop being a student of art, though? Not I mean, really, no. Not really. But he wasn't under the Royal Academy. He returned to Canterbury to earn his living as a drawing master. Right, so he and is taking private students. Okay. After a brief interlude in Brussels. <laughs> do, we, do we get to know anything about the brief interlude in Brussels? Well, do you know what? And I dug deep to find this interlude in Brussels. The only thing I could find out is that he got married to a lady with no name. But he just said, got married. To the lady. And then had to return pretty sharpish, family and all, because... Oh, so the lady came with him? Oh, yes. Uh, because of the Belgian Revolution. The Belgians had a revolution? Well, yeah. I, Poirot in it. Poirot in it. Well, you know, like when we watch Poirot and yeah. then you see like really young Poirot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've... And he's during the revolution, isn't it? I just... Uh, you, okay, yeah. I think. That well, is right. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. You, you, oh, possibly. I'm questioning myself now. That's What's, not good, is poss- it? Well, that, that'd be mid... Yeah, yeah. Turn the sentence. Yeah, because it's supposed yeah. to be young Poirot, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, let's let's go with Belgian okay. Revolution, young Poirot. Now, this is where we rejoin Mary, because we now I know... I've forgotten about Mary. I'm so into Cooper. Well, you see, now we know who Thomas Sidney Cooper is, you can see how he's linked to Mary, because he was indeed her tutor. Yeah. So this renowned painter, and what he painted... Was, was farmyard animals. Farmyard animals. Like a goat. Yeah, and... Um, landscapes. Now, this is important. Okay, right. Landscapes wink, are wink, important. Nod, nudge, nudge. Nature. I think we should just put it under the umbrella as nature. It is that. It is kind of important to what she ends up doing. Okay. National Trust. Exactly. So this is <gasps> no. no Did kidding. she design the logo? Is she the one who drew the oak tree? No. The oak leaf. Stop it. Sorry. Okay. We're on task. And this is where we rejoin Mary. Yes. Working hard at the Sydney Cooper Art School. Because, yes, he had his own art school in Canterbury. It's now renamed the University for the Creative Arts, and it is still there. They took his name off it? I think they did. That's mean. But it is still there. He better have, like, a wing named after him or something. Now, Mary is good. Well, you've you've said thusly. She is very good and achieved the Prince of Wales scholarship while she was there. And a holiday to Switzerland. The sparking a love for travel. I don't quite know where the holiday to Switzerland fits in, but to be honest, she won her scholarship and a holiday to Switzerland I, with you know, her work. If more, if more sort of um, A levels and GCSEs and stuff came with a, if you get an A, you get to go on holiday. I think you know we could push that attainment even higher in this country, couldn't we? I think so. I think mm. it'll be a good driving factor. Now, following a very if you successful... get a D, you get to go to real, and that's it. That's putting real down now. Let's not do that, please. It's a positive story. Let's keep it positive. Okay. Following her very successful stint at the art school, she took the plunge and became... What do you think she became in the art world? Let's have a little 
little what, uh, a little guess. Little well, guess. What do you think she did? I'm did she become that because you'll be able an to illustrator see for books? She did. <gasps> she did. What books? What books? Ooh, what no. genre of books did she illustrate? What genre? Genre. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with. Let's fifty-fifty at first. Is it fiction? Yes. Oh, good. Right. So it's fiction books. Yes. Oh, she didn't start the Mills and Boone covers, did she? No, she didn't. Oh, that's completely a shame. the opposite. She is a children's book illustrator. Oh, of course, she will be a children's book illustrator. You'd love it. I was going to mm-hmm. say with all the nature stuff, you know, the Beatrix Potter stories, but then Beatrix Potter did the Beatrix Potter Absolutely. illustrations because she was a good artist as well. Her so. specialist, of course, was in animal drawings and pu- published a number of illustrations for children's books all around 1897 time period wise okay so late we're in late victorian era late victorian area right era era area why have i written area so i, I there and is going to be into some horror <laughs> there is going to be some horrendous mispronunciations because my writing is awful in the late 1890s 1900 again i couldn't get the exact mm. date she married herbert tortle 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 please tell me she didn't take his name she did indeed. She She's now Mary Tortle. Mary Tortle, that is important. Mary Tortle. she met at, Sid- at the Sydney School, Sydney Cooper School. Please say he was another student and he wasn't one of the masters. No, he wasn't one of the masters. He was indeed a student, but he did something slightly different. Hubert, Herbert, I keep calling him Hubert. He's not called Hubert, it's called Herbert. Okay. Herbert Tortle. <laughs> Great name. He's a journalist. Okay. So I'm not quite sure how he ended up at the school, whether he was like doing a piece or something. Well, you I said don't he was know. a student. Well, at I the see, I, I, what, what I read. Yeah, but then it, we're talking about a time when people go off and do things and then they'd have a job lined up anyway. Maybe. You know, Maybe. It, it's probably likely that his family were involved in journalism in some way and he went off to art school. Well, again, then, I, I oh, couldn't well, find can... much out about Herbert, unfortunately, mm. especially not in his early years. But anyway, they got married, very happy, and they took to the road, slash boat, slash don't think there was aeroplanes back then, and uh, travelled extensively. And I mean extensively. Their travel log is massive. We're talking Italy, Egypt, India, Switzerland. Every like you put those in a really weird order. That's the order I was given them. <laughs> so what you went? Europe, North Africa, India, Europe. Unfortunately, throughout their lives together, the pair remained childless. But that didn't stop her. Becoming... Was that through lack of trying? No, but that didn't stop her. And him becoming beloved by children and adults from all over the world, but especially England. Oh. Are you ready to find out why? Let's have a think. So they worked together on something. I'm I'm worrying that there is a pseudonym for an author right. that's together. Unless Let's um, jump a decade. So what, we're into... 1910 to 1920 were the boom years for newspapers. Did they do a newspaper cartoon? Creating rivalries left, right and centre. You'll get it very soon. I can feel you're on the cusp. As we know now, Herbert was a journalist, actually a particularly good one. Because in the beginning of 1920, he'd become news editor, Mm. you will get it now, of The Express. 
how am I going to get it from that? The rivalry was rife. Oh, shh. Is this Rupert? No, you've between, done Rupert the Bear, haven't you? Between the Express, the Mail and the Mirror. Right. He needed an edge, something special. Okay, he needed he something looked, special. He looked to see what they were doing and aimed to outdo them both. Right. Most notably, both of these newspapers ran comic strips at the time. The Daily Mail had Teddy Tail. Teddy Tail. Yeah, Teddy. Of the Daily Mail. <laughs> Teddy Tail of the Daily Mail. Teddy Tail spelt, spelt as in an animal's tail. Yes, yes. Okay. And the Mirror had, and I so want a picture of this, Pip, Squeak and Wilfred. Which I can Are they o- mice? I assume they're mice. I imagine Pip and Squeak and mice. Wilfred is a long-suffering, quite fat cat. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Doesn't it conjure up some amazing, amazing mental images? Pip and Squeak is a really good little... I would have just called it Pip and Squeak. Mm. He was approached from the powers to be to produce... But, this was Herbert. Oh, right. So they came to Herbert. Yeah. He was approached as news editor from the powers that be. So I'm assuming the people at the very top to produce a strip... So it would knock the others out of the park. He's news editor, which means he's in charge of the, the sort of hard news area. Yeah, but I and think... they went to him and said, "We need what is essentially yeah. filler material." Yeah, but the comic strips at the time, from what I could gather, were big news. They were they were they were massive. The, yeah, the comic some... strips were kind of what sold the newspaper, what set them apart. It's I mean, just like, yeah. well, I really follow this strip. And the, because they were weak, they were episodes. Yeah, but there was nothing else going on in the 1910s to the 1920s. Well, I can think of nothing interesting internationally. I'm only given the information, Joe. Oh, no, no, I don't no. make it up. It's, it's fine. I, I just find it weird that they go to the news editor for that. Maybe they knew about well, his wife, and maybe they knew about they his didn't. history at art college. They didn't. But oh, the powers that be. You seem very certain that they didn't know about his history. They would have. Him. They would have interviewed him. <laughs> and where did you study art college? Right. How the hell are you a journalist? Dunno. Well, the powers that be did ask him, and luckily he knew just the woman for the job. Of course he did. Mary worked hard, and on the 8th of November, 1920, mm. a nameless bear was printed in the pages of the Express for the very first time. The strip was entitled Little Bear Lost, and of course, today we know him as... We know him as Rupert. We know Hopefully. him as Is Rupert. it the same bear, clearly? Now we will learn. <laughs> okay. Oh, yes, because this story isn't about Mary. Yes, it is. It's about the bear. No, she's <laughs> clearly the the person who orchestrated the bear. <laughs> no, the story is mostly about the bear. I'm not going to lie. As a Rupert lover and annual collector of Rupert, Rupert the Bear. Lover. In fact, he's not called Rupert the Bear. He's called Rupert Bear. Yes, because there's Mr. and Mrs. Bear. There's Mr. and Mrs. Bear. Okay. Rupert Bear. Um, so we're now we're now learning Rupert. about Rupert's life. Yeah, in the early days, Mary drew, and Herbert captioned the illustrations, putting his journalism skills to work. Absolutely there. in poetry, of course. Because was Rupert, he the one who did the poetry? He was indeed. Oh, he, well, actually, he developed the rhyming couplets that were to go underneath the two cartoon a day. Yeah. Um, was it just thing. two two panels per day? It was two panels a day with the accompanying... He also wrote the accompanying story. Rupert has always had the header, the pictures, 
the prose and the story. Mm. It's always been able to be read four ways. That's always how it's been done okay. since 1920, as far as I could see. Do you get the feeling that it was like, well, we'll start out throwing everything at it and we'll see what sticks. And much to their chagrin, everything stuck and they were forced... Because he would write the story and then go, now I have to try and make this into a rhyming, sodding couplet. Well, no, he loved doing it. That was that was his thing. Yeah, he loved helping. He never backed himself into a corner, like ending a line on orange and then just oh, going, Oh, you see, there, there are some very tenuous, very, te- I mean, from my annuals anyway, there's some very tenuous rhymes. But Rupert himself, mm-hmm. being as he is a bear, was originally brown. Well, yeah. He would be. Why was he originally brown and then changed his colour? I didn't realise this was a quiz. Oh, yes. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a later, there, there will be was, a quiz. Was, okay, was, was he brown originally because that was the colour that bears are and she wanted to be realistic and then they actually found it saved money on the ink being used if he was white because then that you essentially have to do an outline much it rupert was originally brown until the express cut expenses which meant he ended up his now iconic characteristic white oh, good for them because it was um yes did did he still keep his red and yellow well now that i have actually written down next oh, that's fantastic. my very next point originally his clothing wasn't the red jumper snazzy yellow pants and scarf to match no Rupert was originally drawn in a jumper, yes, but it was blue, like a soft powder blue. And his trousers were just grey. They weren't patterned at all. Oh, bless him. And being a student of the Thomas Sidney Cooper meant that Mary's original Rupert was a lot more realistic than Mm. the kind of... Oh, and I've written it down and I still can't believe it. Stylized. Anthropomorphic. Anthropomorphic, yes. Yes, that is right. Bear that we might recognise today. He is described from the time as having a lumbering gait. Well, bears do. Drawn with a lumbering gait and masses of thick fur. So I haven't got a picture of Rupert. You can Google this and find him and... I think I love him even more because honestly the pictures of this fluffy little bear and his blue jumper and grey trousers is quite frankly just delicious. Fair enough. It's absolutely lovely. I feel I feel bad that they changed it now. Now before we get further into Rupert, we are going to finish Mary's story because I think she needs she needs <coughs> she needs closure. Were we you going to kill Mary her. off? I am going to kill her. Due to failing eyesight in 1935, so just 15 years after the creation of Rupert, Mary had to give him up. That's a long time to be doing one thing, though. Um, we've been doing this podcast less than a year, and I'm close to giving up. So she did well <laughs> after 15 years. Yeah, she. due to failing eyesight, Rupert had to be passed, was passed on to another illustrator called Alfred Bestall, Beastall or Bestall? Bestall, I think we're going to go with. Just not Bestial. No. Alfred Bestall, who illustrated Punch originally. Oh, cool. So he, had so some, he, he was probably he the was best person somebody, to anthropomorphise a, a bear. Now, four years prior to that, she had been dealt a huge blow also because Herbert died. Of? Well, I was hoping you'd help me with this. Um, Herbert died in a sanatorium in Germany. Now, I don't know what a sanatorium is. Well, I know a sanatorium as somewhere where you send people who are mentally unwell. Well, but I 
I don't believe that that would be what it was in Germany. I'm guessing it was just a private hospital, so he's being treated for something. It didn't say that. He let's just say he go, let's just say he went nuts because all that happened in their household was his wife <laughs> drawing bears, and that well, she'd see, become I a wanted, bit obsessed. I see. I, I had two. I had two possibilities for this. Either he ended up in a sanatorium, and I had an inkling it might mean in this country. Somewhere no, it's more in America that the for the for the for the mentally ill, and I wondered whether that was to do with printer ink. I don't I don't know that printer ink was particularly toxic. Well, it was just a thought. And I mean, then my other one was, job. was essentially just you know it was just a name for a private hospital. Was mm. was my other was my other one? It didn't say either way whether he did in fact have have any kind of mental illness or break or anything like that. Um, just that he died peacefully. And Mary lived out the remainder of her years in hotels, never finding a fixed home because she preferred the freedom of travel. Yeah. 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 Mirroring another beloved English bear, of course, Paddington. (laughs) Who she would go on to create, despite (laughs) being registered blind (laughs) at the time. Mary died on the 15th of March... 1948, at the age of 74, from amongst other numerous ailments, a brain tumour. Oh, right. Cool. That she didn't know she had. Well, I bet she did when it killed her. Well, I bet she did. Um, She's buried with her husband at St Martin's Church and bringing it full circle... Canterbury. Back in Canterbury again. By the Archbishop of Canterbury. As I have said... Who laid a little (laughs) yellow scarf and a little red jumper. I wonder whether she saw... I, I didn't check... God, this is not well researched. It's not like one of your stories, Joe. This is—I mean, people are going to hate this. Um, I didn't check whether she ever saw Rupert have his yellow scarf and red jumper and yellow checky trousers. I don't. Well, do we don't know, know when they came in? Well, it'll probably be with a new illustrator. And if she handed him off and then lived a g- yeah. good number of years, I'm—I'm sh- I'm sure she must have. Any anyone who's taken on someone else's intellectual property, you'd like to think, especially another pro, would sort of consult with her. Mm, I'm, I'm thinking of making so. some changes. Now, just to finish off this story, as I have said previously, they had no children together, but it said that that, that was never really a problem for them. Mm. They enjoyed travelling the world together and the freedom that that brought. That was their main aim as a couple. It wasn't to have children. So I don't know whether they couldn't or whether they just didn't. Yeah. I, I get the impression from what I read that they just didn't. We find it difficult to, you know, leave the cats at home. Yeah. So you can imagine. I mean, if we wanted to do globe trotting jet setting, oh, taking two small kids would just be a. And oh. let's not forget, also together, they did create one of the most loved illustrated children's characters in English history. And Rupert, of course, is still an institution. So that kind of finishes Mary's story off nicely, I think. Blooming heck. Now then. That's okay. half of my written because I wanted to give Rupert half himself half this episode. So This might end ready? up being a two-parter. Just in case it's a two-parter.